what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of brandon's face it's the podcast about a playlist my name is jonathan beardsley as always i'm joined by the one and only brandon may brandon how you doing tonight i am doing very well tonight john how are you i am fantastic man i don't know if you heard the news but tom DeLong is back in blink 182 we've had a very interesting week in music yes i did hear i did hear the news Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've gotten a lot of bad news this this week in music, but we've gotten some good news. And I feel like you and I are the type of people to focus on the good. So, yeah, we won't we won't be discussing the actual harassment charges. No, we will not be. But um, man, are you going to try and go see them at all? Uh, No, because the nosebleed tickets around my neck of the woods in L.A. are two hundred and sixty nine dollars pre fees. So I'm going to pass. (laughs) That's crazy. Blink, that is uh, crazy. Blink was actually the first show that my now wife and I went to ever. We were 17, went to a Blink-182 show when Tom was still in the band, and it was Fall Out Boy, All-American Rejects, and uh, Blink-182 was a good show. Yeah, they were my first concert as well. You and I talked about that on a podcast we haven't yet released, but... Uh, yeah, I feel like if you haven't seen them, you this is probably your best chance to see them as close as you'll ever see them to the original again. Who knows how long this is going to last. Do if you've you... already seen them, you probably don't need to go. You're going to get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and I mean, uh, I, I don't think Tom is very good live. Like Matt Skiba was a lot better live than Tom ever was. So, yeah, that doesn't matter, though. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. So, so how many dick jokes do you think we're going to get on this new tour? I mean, they are 50, so can they still, are they still, like, allowed to talk about I the mean, dicks? I mean, there's a Kardashian budget behind them now, so that's potentially very, that's very all true. of the dick jokes. Potentially oh. all of the dick jokes. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see some footage from the shows, but I'm, I think I'm good on seeing them. The last time I saw them, I think, was 2016, maybe? 17? Yeah. Uh, back to the Beach in Huntington Beach. What a great show, man. We saw Real Big Fish that day. We saw Aquabats that day. We saw Goldfinger that day. And then Blink obviously closed, and it was a, it was a, it was a really cool show. Man, that sounds like a fucking great day. Um, it, it was indeed a great day. Yeah, I feel like the aging rock stars thing, we're, we're all coming to terms with what it means when these bands come back for live shows. I think anybody that's seen the the MyChem footage, like Gerard still does his thing. He, he still might dress up as a cheerleader, or be a little ridiculous, <laughs> but like they're 40 year old guys. They are not moving around the way that they used to. So I am personally more excited when these groups announce new music rather than new shows i'm hoping we get more of that in the year to come yeah i hope we get more of that also i think i think they did say that they're going to be releasing an album which is good um i I did look at their tour dates and there's a weird absence of april tour dates what do you think the over under is on them performing at the cacharella music festival oh wow i didn't even think of that i think that it's do you think that they're headliner for that festival? I don't. I'm betting. I'm betting against it. I don't think they're going to be on it. It's, I don't think. I don't think it fits. I mean, you know, we'll see. I would love for that to be the case, and for <laughs> Coachella to start to pivot to be the new Warp Tour of the summer in the desert. But I don't think that's <laughs> going to be the case. But I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, in yeah. other music news, we did get confirmation today, actually. Uh, Rick Rubin confirmed that The Strokes have written and recorded a new album. 
Yes. Uh, do we have any more information on that, like in terms of when to expect it or just that it exists and to expect it sometime? It exists. Uh, the band has been very quiet about it. I'm assuming Rick Rubin is probably getting a lot of shit from <laughs> the Strokes management because they have been quiet about anything. And apparently, I mean, judging by that clip that I just sent you when Rick was on uh, uh, the Rogan podcast, um you know, they went to Costa Rica or something and, and recorded the album there, which is really interesting. As one does with Rick Rubin. Right, exactly. As one does with Rick Rubin. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited they're working with Rick again. I liked their last record. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Fuck their label. They just put out a fantastic record two years ago. So calm right. the fuck down. Well, I'd be I'm interested to see if it coincides or at least we get maybe a single that coincides with the meet me in the bathroom documentary finally being released. Uh, I can't wait to see that. That trailer looked phenomenal. Let's throw that in the show notes. Meet me in the bathroom. An incredible documentary coming out soon. Looks great. Yeah, it looks great. I actually just bought the book because I'm. Uh, I'm oh, hell I'm, yeah. I'm interested in, in what that and what that is. So. We'll see. I might I've pick heard, that up as well. I've heard I've heard the book is good. Let me read it. I'll I'll, I'll mail it to you. Yeah, Brandon's Facebook club. That's fucking awesome. Speaking of music books, I was looking through my library the other day and I realized I still have your Motley Crue book. I'm very sorry. I think you gave that to me a decade ago. Oh, man, I must have. I didn't even know you had it. Um, you know what? You, you just keep that, buddy. That's All for right, you. Man. Hey, thanks, dude. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in this week. If this is your first time listening to us, first of all, thank you. Uh, please like and follow if you aren't already. If you're watching on YouTube, you can like the video. You can follow our channel here. You can follow our Spotify page so you get all the new episodes weekly. You can find us on Reddit, Instagram, all of that fun shit. We're going to break down the singles and EPs in the front half of the show and the albums in the back half. We will try to timestamp this so you guys can jump around if you would like. Although we would love it if you'd listen to the whole show. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think we're pretty uh, cool. Yeah, I think we're all right. Uh, let's talk about some fucking music, man. I'm let's very excited to get into this this week. First up, we got one you threw on here from Biceps and Clara Lasson called Water. I love this, man. You showed me Biceps, I think, late 2020, sometime around there with their album Isles. I've been a fan ever since, and I'm becoming more of a fan with every release this song is really cool because it sounds like they're just playing with a bunch of eight bit ringtones from an old Nokia phone, but right? it works, you know? Uh, but that made me think, what, what was your first cell phone? Oh, my first cell phone. It was a, it was a Nokia, but thirty-three ninety. it was probably a 3390, but it was, it must've been, it must've been the year 1999 or 2000. And I remember I didn't like the fact that it didn't have like a flip down thing so i bought a case for it that flipped down <laughs> <laughs> oh man you were so 80s even in the like 2000s that's incredible <laughs> what oh about man you? what was your first cell phone my, my first one was a nokia 3390 with snake 2 on it there you go come at me bro high there score for life <laughs> i think i think <laughs> I, might, I think i might beat you in snake oh well, we're gonna have to test that someday all right uh, what did you think of this track, man? I fucking love Bicep, man. Isles was my favorite album of the year last year in uh, the electronic category, and it came out in like January of last year, I think. Mm -hmm. Something like super early in the year, and it just 
kept replaying in uh, in my rotation throughout the entire year. I mean, it, it was a t- easy 10 out of 10 for me. So new music from them is always good. This track is weird. It's housey. It's dreamy in this weird ethereal way, just, you know, like Bicep does. So it's uh, it's very good. I liked this track a lot. Yeah, I fuck with it. Uh, next up, we got a new one from Fred again called Cammy Like I Do. This is probably my favorite of the official actual life three tracks that we've heard so far yeah i think we're gonna be getting one more single before the album drops i really don't think that any of the like skrillex and Fortet collabs are going to be on this album but hopefully we get them in the not too distant future i'm not trying to make this album what i want it to be based on shit that he's played live i'm trying to judge it for what it is based on what i've heard so far and this song's kind of a banger what did you think I really liked this song, man. I agree with you. It's my favorite of the singles. I don't think we should throw the next single. I think we should just review the album when it comes out. Um, I agree. I, 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 judging by the way the sounds that he's using, it's clear he's either using old equipment or he's using old synth VSTs uh, with his with his uh, digital audio workstation, and it's really working, man. It's kind of evoking this kind of like early two thousands, right before the boom, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's like this dissonance in it that I really like. Exactly. He's he's do, he's doing something that's kind of hitting that nerve exactly where it mm-hmm. needs to be and I really like this track and we'll see what the album see what the album is. I again, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think we're going to get that Skrillex or Fortech collab. I don't either. But yeah, I agree. We'll hold off on the next single if any of you guys want to check that out. Please do. The album drops October 28th though. So, not too long. Nope. Next up, we got a new one from Griffin featuring Tanache called Scandalous. It's a it's a predictable pop EDM track with a little bit of R&B in there, but it's enjoyable to listen to because Tanache is a really good vocalist. What did you think of this? I actually really liked this, bro. <laughs> uh, I don't. Voice Griffin's with... a good producer. I'm not saying you should feel shame for like. Oh no, I feel no shame because her voice good. behind Griffin's uh, synths are is just fucking doing it, bro. Um, she should do some more EDM collabs because I think I really liked this one. <laughs> I agree. Do you, do you know much of Griffin's music? No, I never really got into him because he just kind of like ascended into the ranks of the super popular, right? As it was all being super popular. And I just, I just never bothered. Should I? Yeah, same. Uh, no, I honestly don't know. Um, the My only exposure to Griffin b- before this, I only added it. It was only on my release radar because of Tanache, I imagine. But yeah. My only exposure or memory of Griffin prior to this is a time I was in Vegas with my wife. I want to say 2013 or 14. We were in the H&M in the Caesars Palace Mall. And I heard a song and I was like, this is kind of a banger. And I Shazammed it. And it was the Griffin remix of Get It Shoddy by Lloyd. And I was like, that's a good song. And I like never heard it again. But but yeah, I was like, it's good. I just never like seeked out his music beyond that. Yeah, I've never just been a, I've never been a giant fan, so. Man, to be the DJ in the Caesars Palace H&M was a weird <laughs> job. Like they actually had a physical DJ in there. It was very weird. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I've seen <laughs> I've seen some out of place DJs before. We went to <laughs> we went to a uh, a friend of ours uh, art show out in Pasadena, and we went to this pizza shop right afterwards. And there was a DJ in the pizza in the pizza shop, and I remember thinking, this guy's this guy's spinning like some deep house. It's pretty good. But why is he in this pizza? a shop right now <laughs> oh man we need to start a twitter page or reddit page called out of 
out of place DJs. <laughs> out of place DJs. <laughs> reminds, I'm sure there's been some bizarre locations. It reminds me of uh, the one Mark Rebellet video that got a bunch of traction because he green screened himself in like a restaurant as he's talking about like banging people's moms and shit. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was like really well done. So like at first I remember watching it being like, is he in this restaurant right now? Nobody's reacting to what he's saying. So yeah, he was like talking about poop and pee and all this <laughs> weird shit and nobody's reacting to it at all. He just I he, would have been like he did it perfectly. Yeah, he messed with the perspective like perfectly. So I, I, I appreciated awesome. that. Love that guy. Loop Daddy. Uh next up we got a new one from Cali Uchis called La Unica. Not a lot to break down on this one, man. It's pretty straightforward. It's it's Cali Uchis singing though, so I'm a big fan of it. What did you think? I know you are. Yeah, I think I thought this was really great, man. It's a little weirdly paced, but I think it works very well for what she was going for. I liked it. Yeah, I'm interested to see where she's going with these singles, but it's not bad for a one-off. Yeah, I liked it. Next up, we got one from an artist named Rory featuring Pink Sweats and Sinead Harnett called Don't Go. I don't really know who Rory is. I've heard Pink Sweats and Sinead Harnett before, and I, I think all of their voices are good. This just is not a very memorable song. <laughs> what were your notes on it? I know who Rory is. She's Lorelai's daughter. Um, hey, she the, is. The twangy guitars in this work really well. Um, we have a lot of R&B this week, man. This is a good track, we do. though. Uh, we do. I, I, don't, I don't know any of them, and I think, like you said, it's, it's not memorable, but it's not a forgettable track. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's fine. I think it's good. I think this Rory guy only has like two or three songs out so far. So he's clearly a new artist. And I think he blends in with two very good vocalists. So that's impressive. It's just not not really a song I'll probably come back to. Yep. Uh, next up, we got a new one from Ty Dolla Sign and Mustard featuring Little Dirk. They announced a, I think, a collaborative album. I don't have any of that information in front of me. My thoughts on the track, though, man. It's it's decent production, but a little too generic lyrically and vocally. Did you like this one? Uh, I I like Mustard's productions like a lot. Me too. Like, yeah. So I, yeah. I I I don't think Mustard ever misses. I think Ty Dolla Sign definitely does on a number of his tracks, but I don't necessarily think this was a miss. Um, I. You know, I'm I'm actually kind of warming up to Little Dirk too. I think all, uh, out of all of the trap artists that auto tune the fuck out of their voices, at least Dirk has like a few different flows. Like you can actually work with. Noted. Yeah, um, I think I think he's okay. I will say that Mustard is one of my most memorable festival time slot dilemmas, <laughs> and I chose to not go to Mustard, even though I know I missed a party. I did end up uh, going to see Bob Moses for the first time that day. So he probably chose right. I think I might have. <laughs> uh, next up, we got a new one from Ellen Peritrice and Reggie Snow called Everything Eventually Ends. You showed me Ellen Peritrice, and I think I showed you Reggie Snow. So this is an interesting one to break down. <laughs> it's very unexpected collaboration, but it's really fun. I still think that Reggie sounds like the musical love child of Amina and Tyler, the creator. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it works. It's a good song. Yeah, this is the second of the uh, collabs I didn't expect. The first one being Tanache and Griffin. I don't know yeah. if Tanache has done any other EDM collabs, but uh, I, I, did, feel like I she didn't has. expect it. Uh, Reggie Snow and I'm going to butcher it, Lempertrice. 
Um, definitely sure. was not something that I was <laughs> expecting, but uh, this works very well. Uh, I think the track is great. I think Reggie's voice sounds great. I think the French funk just won't stop on this one, and I just can't stop moving every time I listen to this track. Yeah, really good instrumental, and he's got a ton of personality in his voice. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd like to hear him on a uh, Channel Tress song. Oh, I think yeah. that'd be a good time. Oh, that, yeah, that'd kind of be a neat little contrast, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think it would work. Somebody make that happen. Please. Uh, all right, let's move into the rock realm of things for the singles. First up, we got a new one from Action Adventure called Levity. I don't love the mix on this one, but I think it's a really good song. What do you think of it? Yeah, I think it's a really good song. I didn't necessarily notice anything wrong with the mix, but um, maybe, maybe I'll go back. Uh, this band is is quickly becoming one of my favorites in the pop punk realm, though. I think this... They even have like a pretty heavy riff at the end there. It's really well put together. Um, and I think you can tell they're all having like a lot of fun yeah, that, doing, doing that, this music, you know? That really comes through in their music, which I appreciate. Uh, they, they actually announced a new album called Imposter Syndrome, which drops November 11th. Nice. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for that one. I like these guys. Um, yeah, the mix thing's probably a very minor note. One of my best friends mixes for a living, so I hear him ramble on about it all the time. So I think I pay closer attention to it than most need or should, but it, I picked up on it. <laughs> uh, next up, we got a new one from Almost Monday called Cough Drops. Uh, never heard of this group before, but it's a fun indie punk track. Tell me about this band and this song. Yeah, man. Um this song is just catchy as hell. I found this band and I just really liked their sound. They've got kind of this old school strokes meets pop punk sound. It's it, it was it was kind of jarring to me, like the amount like the like the the style of their riffs and how they were played, I think just kind of caught me off guard with how much I liked it. So interesting. Yeah, I think it's a good one. We'll have to keep an eye out for more from them. Yeah. Next up, we got a new one from Anxious called Sunshine. It's a solid single, a little more melancholy than their last album was by just a tad. Uh, I like that it isn't just more of the same, though. What did you think of this? I really like this band, and I really liked this song. Um, they repressed uh, Little Greenhouse, so I, I was able to grab that. Fuck yeah. They also announced a tour. They're coming through my neck of the woods. I don't think I'm going to be able to catch them. But anybody that listens to the show that's a fan of theirs should check their website for tour dates because I'm sure that's going to be a really good show and probably the best time to catch them before they blow up. <laughs> and if this is your first time listening to us, we reviewed their album Little Greenhouse, uh, I want to say like a month or two ago. Uh, maybe I'll yeah. put that review uh, in the show notes. Fuck yeah, do it. Next up, we got a new one from Driveways called Salem, and we have not talked about Driveways yet. We I have not. recently no, I didn't even know you knew about them. To be honest, <laughs> I just recently discovered this band when I put together the Scene Didn't Die playlist that we've talked about a few times, and I really enjoyed their their last two albums quite a bit, and I enjoyed the single a lot as well. But I think the thing I enjoy most about them is how they really only exist during the month of October. <laughs> Have you picked up on this? No, I haven't. I, I'm not. I, I, I only recently became aware of them because of your playlist. And I just kind of they've been making some waves on the Internet. And I said, fuck it. They released a new single. Let's let's talk about them. So that's so funny that they only exist in October. I love like, that. 
I'm sure they play shows and they obviously write and do shit year round, but their last two albums have come out within days of Halloween and the artwork for all of their albums has a jack-o'-lantern on it. Um, like, it's amazing. They And they even said in their Instagram post for this song, thank you for supporting our band every October. <laughs> so this is apparently a thing, which I think is fucking awesome. I, I would have been a fan for them of them for the commitment to that bit alone in the aesthetic. But <laughs> right. It helps that they're a really great band too. Yeah, I, I really like this song. So. Yeah, this song fucking rips. I added it to the top of that scene didn't die playlist. It's it's a fucking nice. banger. I love it. Nice. Yeah, I'll throw uh, I'll throw a link to the scene didn't die. You just grew out of it playlist that uh, our very own John uh, had uh, has created. It's a, it's a it's a banger of a playlist. So everybody yes, like that. the the positive reaction to it has made me keep updating it. So it's not going to just be a static thing. I will keep adding new shit to it for people to enjoy. Nice. Uh, next up, we got a new one from Loveless and American Dream Machine called Dopamine. Dropping a single three weeks after an album is what I like to see from a band still making a name for themselves. You know, the, right? the song itself is really good. Very catchy, like most Loveless songs are. I don't know who American Dream Machine is, but their sounds seem to mesh really well together. What yeah. did you think of this? I, I, I like this one a lot, man. Oh, this I think has recently changed to where American Dream Machine is the lead artist. I, I, was, I was just going to say it. I'm, I'm okay. The the it might be are you think they're doing like a split or something? I don't no, know, but. what I think it is is that Loveless is mostly a singer, and I think that the vocalist did a song with an instrumental band. That's my guess. God, that, that's going to be my guess. I'm guessing they provided the music. They had the Loveless dude play some vocals on it. Nice. Whatever it is, we're ill prepared. We've not done our homework on this song, but <laughs> it's a good track. I liked it. Yeah, I, I like this one too um next up we got a new one from magnolia park and taylor acorn called misfits i don't love this track but it's not bad the feature part is just the part that feels a little forced to me but like you said earlier i can't remember who you said it about but it sounds like they're having fun which i think is the most important thing about this type of music uh their new album baku's revenge drops november 4th so we'll be checking that out what did you think of this one i know you were a little cold on that last single too what a weird album name uh you know i magnolia park is one of those bands where i do like their music and this is no exception i did i did like this song but i feel like they're trying to blend genres like we talked about last time where it's like there's in every single one of their songs there's some sort of arpeggiated hi-hat and i just don't think it belongs in pop punk i could be wrong i am maybe warming up to it a little bit more like it's since it's expected and every time i hear it i'm like oh this is magnolia park even if i'm not like looking at what's playing on my phone so i don't know yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how i feel come come album time but you know it's it's not something that is my favorite but i will me i will echo what you said where it's like yeah man they seem to be having fun and i think that's really important I think that they, I don't hate the arpeggiated hi-hats in this genre quite as much as you do. I think they're trying something and it's like, do are we going to do the same thing or are we going to try something new? But yeah, like in this particular song, it's like when you get to that feature verse or you're like, am I listening to like an Alice in Wonderland song for a second here? <laughs> like, this is very different than what I was just listening to. Do you think Taylor Acorn is a stage name or do you think some unfortunate person is named, is last named Acorn? I think it's a girl. Isn't that a girl on yeah, the second it's, it's, verse? It's a girl. 
I said person. okay. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you said guy <laughs> for some reason. Um, I'm gonna go with stage name. Okay, let's let's hope because Acorn is an unfortunate name, but I think it's a pretty cool stage name. Why the fuck not, Brandon Tree? <laughs> <laughs> I'm now gonna refer to you only as that. Got it. Fair. <laughs> Brandon Pinecone. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good pine cone. I'm pretty sure hey, I pine kept, cones are awesome. I'm pretty sure I've kept a pine cone for like all right. Uh, that's it. Five then. years. <laughs> we got to create your Spotify artist page under the name Brandon Pinecone. I'm on it. <laughs> Somebody check and see if that Gmail is available. Um, <laughs> Serpents by my side is our next up. Uh, we got their new song "Close to Burning," and I don't really listen to this type of metal, but it's cool that there's still bands out there making this type. of um and the keeping this genre alive i don't think we've talked about this band have we no in fact this is their first single ever so uh oh, yeah. yeah newer band from somewhere in scandinavia i believe maybe finland as i think what i read I, I might be wrong um i think this is their first track released on spotify it's it's mixed pretty well oh, the, shit, riffs are, it is. the riffs are kind of old school and reminds me a little bit of like older as i lay dying riffs uh the vocals are mostly clean uh but i think it works really well here i i, I think you know about me i prefer my metal a little a little grittier but this is really well produced for the first single so i don't know what kind of recording studios they have up in (laughs) finland but keep doing what you're doing guys yeah for for a first song this is really impressive honestly i thought it was good yeah and yeah like you said very old school i like the as i lay dying comparison right all right, let's move on to our EPs this week, which is a trio of R&B. So if you're not interested in the world of R&B, I suggest <laughs> skipping to the albums. But first up, we got a new one from Cherry22 called The Other Side. I mostly added this because she is the newest signee to EXO by the weekend. Oh. Um, yeah, I thought that this EP was good, and there was a few songs on it that I really enjoyed, like The Falls and Call Me. I hear a lot of potential on here and I guess we'll see where she goes from here. I could easily imagine a future collaboration between her and the weekend being really good if done right. But this is a very understated EP for sure. And I think it might be for hardcore R and B fans. We'll see how it grows with the general public. But what did you think of it? I think it's definitely for the hardcore R and B fans because uh, this is a little slow for my taste. Uh, But, and I had no idea that they, that, she was the latest signee on XO. That's awesome for her. Uh, I will say that the production on this uh, EP is really great. There are, there are like subtleties in the production that would kind of easily be missed if, if you didn't like pay attention to it. Um, like mm-hmm. specifically on the fall, I think is what it's called. Um, I, I, I didn't dislike this. It just didn't like connect with me. Um, again, there's some really great production moments on this. It's just a little slow. Yeah, I think she locked in with one producer or one group of producers for this project, and I think that paid off. Yeah. Next up, we got a new EP from Samaria called Didn't Start With You. This might be her first EP. I'm not sure. Uh, I hope this doesn't get lost in a sea of amazing R&B that's been coming out this year, because I think this EP is fantastic. It's got really slick production, catchy melodies, and excellent vocals. I love that we got a Tone Stiff collaboration on here. Yes. She is definitely going to be one to watch in the next few years in like the trap R&B world. What did you think of this? Anything you liked on it? I really like her voice. Uh, she's got a range and that like she isn't afraid to use like uh, on Still Got Forever. She's She's yeah. got this like during the chorus. It like it, it's almost it, 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 
it, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not an R&B head, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I do also, again, you know, I like Tone Stith a lot. So I like mm-hmm. that collab um, on Insanity. Although acoustic R&B isn't really yeah. my thing, except except if it's T-Pain at the NPR desk. Uh, but this was, <laughs> th- th- that that track was beautiful with the harmonies that they do. They, they really yeah. knocked it out of the park with that collaboration. Yeah, that one's fucking awesome. I think we might be getting a new song from him this week. Great. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, next up, we got Twee's new project, Girls Like Me Don't Cry. I don't know if this is an EP or an album. I think it's an EP, but I love it as much as any of my favorite R&B albums we've talked about this year. It's seven songs, but if this had an intro, an interlude, and an outro, would it be considered an album? You know, who cares? Right. Uh, <laughs> and literally none of this matters because this project, whatever it is, is just fucking incredible. Uh, her, her voice is otherworldly to me, and I, I can't stop listening to it, man. I listened to this album an uncomfortable amount of times this week. I think it's flawless. Last time we talked about her, I said she was quickly becoming one of my favorite artists. That is still very much true, but... I also think she's just going to become one of the best artists, period, at the rate she's going. I love this whole project, but You Should Feel Special is probably my favorite. What did you think of this? Uh, I also liked uh, You Should Feel Special. Uh, Twee has such a unique voice, man. Uh, Sometimes R&B singers tend to blend together for me because you get a lot of people that clearly have talent or are classically trained musicians or singers and they, you know, they get a lot of help and they get a lot of singing lessons or whatever, but they all kind of seem not all of them, but a lot of R and B artists tend to sound the same to me because of production styles and auto tune and et cetera, et cetera. Twe really stands out, man. She's got this beautiful voice, man. She doesn't need um, any of that. Shit. No, she doesn't need any of that, man. She just <laughs> blows everybody out of the water, and I can totally understand why she's becoming one of your favorite artists. She's definitely up there in R and B for me. I mean, it's she makes some great music, and this is obviously no exception. I agree that if she added an intro and an outro, it probably would have been considered an album, but. Maybe maybe she's got more in the works and just wanted to put something out to say she's They're all the fans, projects. You know? They're all projects. They're all projects. Yeah. She just put out a fantastic album last year. Right. I wasn't expecting a new project this year at all. I am happy to get this. I'm even more happy that it turned out as great as it did. Yeah. All right, man. You ready to move on to the albums? Sure. Okay. First up this week, we got the new album from willow called coping mechanism it was delayed a little bit but it's finally here now that it's finally here what do you think of it brandon okay i want to have a little conversation with you about authenticity and what it feels like let's go i think that willow writes lyrics that are authentic however she tries so hard to come off as authentic that it feels inauthentic i think i I articulated what my feelings were on that pretty well uh i I hope that makes sense obviously a lot of top artists today don't write all of their own music right taylor swift doesn't even write all of her own music but she does write the majority of it and it's safe to say that most artists in the pop genre of which i firmly place willow regardless of what stylistic and thematic departures she tries to go after don't write their own music or lyrics 
All of this is to say that while I enjoy Willow's music a lot, it doesn't really hit the spot that I want it to. When she thinks about when she sings about just like wanting to go to her room, I imagine like a giant mansion where Jeffrey comes out and says, you know, Miss Willow, shall I bring you some tea? And it's and like not a struggling Jeffrey. teenager. Um, not, not to say that she can't have emotional struggles because of her family's wealth, but that does seem to be the imagery that invokes in me when I listen to her music. I do like this record. There are some great riffs. There's some great lyrics. There's some interesting heaviness kind of blended in there. And there's also a couple of bland moment moments, but overall I did enjoy it. I don't think I'm going to be coming back to this very often. Like I don't with her last record, even though I, I really enjoyed that one too. Um, I gave this one a six out of 10 curious furious is my standout just because of how infectiously catchy it is. Uh, sure. What, what were your thoughts on her SNL performances? I thought they were fantastic. Um, I get, I get where you're saying the pop thing, like in that, in the performance of you're a stranger, like she's very clearly holding a guitar the whole time as a prop to put it through the, the TV thing at the end, instead of like needing to play the guitar during that performance. Right. So there is, there is a performative aspect to it, but I don't think she can approach it from any other place given where she comes from in life. And I think that like she was dealt a great hand in life and I don't think that that's her fault. And I think she's playing it in the most respectful way to the authentic crowd. I don't think she's trying to come off as authentic. I think that there is possibly a tryhardness of it, but I I like that about it. I like that she's still trying to impress fans of this music when she clearly does not need to really anymore. Like she succeeded at it. She a Transparent Soul was a massive single last year. She doesn't True. need to keep dabbling in this. The fact that she wants to see what else she can creatively explore from it, I think is fucking cool. Yeah, I, I I'll I'll agree with you on that. I again I I don't want to I don't want to downplay anything that she goes through and has emotional connections to lyrics that she writes. I just I'm I'm just I was I guess I was just trying to paint a picture of the imagery no, no. that comes across with with when I listen to her music. You know, I I love our continuing conversation about authenticity within this form of music because we could talk about it with like Magnolia Park or any of those groups too. Like there's yeah. This is just what the genre has become. And that's very much what started me to make that playlist. It's like the scene didn't die. You just grew out of it. And reasons people grow out of it isn't just scarcity. It's because they don't like what it becomes. But what it becomes is what it is. You know, like you either like it or you don't. You you stay on the trade or you get off. That's your decision. But we're going to name the this genre the pop keeps, punk paradox. Yeah, the, the genre keeps progressing with or without you. And I think that this is a progression of where it has gotten to, at least in the mainstream pop landscape version of it. Fair. That's super fair. So what 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 did you think about the record? You liked it? Man, I, I did really enjoy this. I think that her voice is just so unique, man. Like she has a, a great lot, voice. A lot of singers, you, I always say on this podcast with so many reviews that a lot of singers use their voice like an instrument, but she uses her voice like a fucking weapon, man. <laughs> and like, I was trying to think of like what weapon it would be. And all I could come up with is a sword coated in sandpaper because it has to be as sharp as it is abrasive, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, that's like what I hear. And I think that 
she's a phenomenal vocalist and i think that this is some of her best vocal work to date in my opinion uh she fucking screamed on snl yeah she really <laughs> got after it she really got after it man like system of a down has not been back since their time on the show that was for different reasons but you know they don't really cater to this too often i think it's cool she did that on terms of this album man i think that all of these songs are pretty well written they're catchy and i found the music itself on this album to be a slight improvement over her last album it feels like she's really dialed in on the aspects of the sound that she wants to explore the most it's hard to pick standouts because this album just all kind of flows together when i listen to it but some of my favorite tracks were probably the opener maybe it's my fault I thought the tr title track coping mechanism was good. You're a stranger, which she performed on SNL was good. Batshit's a good closer, but you're right. Curious Furious is probably the most like all around best track on the, the album. And the one I would recommend if somebody was just going to check out one, uh, she continues to impress me with every new release, man. This album lived up to my personal expectations for it. I'm going to give it a solid eight. I think I'm going to be returning Thanks. to it a little more often than you, but I'm going to disagree, man. I, I think this goes into the rock category. Okay. Fair. I think it's pop rock, but it's, I think it's rock. You know, man, we're allowed to disagree. Neither of us are wrong. Yep. Well, tune into our end of the year pop and rock shows to see where we place this album. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we place it. Um. All right. Next up, we got a new one from Lamb of fucking God, Brandon. This one is called Omens. I have some thoughts on this album, but I want to know what the metal aficionado himself thinks of it. All right. Let's continue to talk about authenticity. Let's go. Um, I was really excited for this record to drop, man. I really dig all. I really did like their self-titled that they released in 2020 that opens with Memento Mori, which is one of their best songs in years. Um, but this this album seemed a little uninspired to me. Um, don't get me wrong. It's still good. It's still Lamb of God. It's just not as good as some of their other records. Randy's vocals seem a little bit too processed, a little bit too produced. The lyrics seem a little bland and the instrumentals, while good, just seemed like it kind of just felt phoned in for me. Other than that, the production is really clean, as most of the records are. Uh, like we talked about, uh, Nevermore is uh, that guitar solo on Nevermore is fucking great. Uh, yeah. We have yet another example on Vanishing where vocalists just can't seem to hit the same feeling when pronouncing satellites that Craig Owens did. <laughs> um, to the Grave has some of the worst lyrics I've heard in metal in a while. Uh, while trying to describe a demon within oneself, they used imagery of doing push-ups in the dark with a knife between its teeth? <laughs> Come on, man. What the hell is this? Well, the track is really good instrumentally. The lyrics just take so much away from it that it just becomes unlistenable to me, um, which is normally the opposite in metal for me, right? Like normally, like the lyrics don't really fucking matter because you can't understand them. But because Randy's vocals are so overproduced, you can hear him enunciate all of these things. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, so but we do get to hear some of Randy's old hardcore roots on the denial mechanism, uh, which also has some of the best lyrics on the record. Uh, this sh should have been the closer, in my opinion. The switch to September song is paced just a little weird. 
I gave this one a five, man. My standout was Denial Mechanism and is one of the best, is the best song on the record for me, even though Nevermore. Um, and I think what was Grayscale was the other single that we got uh, mm-hmm. is, is are, are, are pretty good. I, I liked I like Denial Mechanism a little better. What did you think of this, mister? Uh, you've seen a bunch of metal, man. You're a metal aficionado now. We've talked enough about him. I, I fucking disagree with you entirely. I think this album fucking rips. Okay. Uh, I thought it was a pretty much nonstop banger, man. I thought it was technical. It was heavy. It's epic without being over the top, but I'm not a very big lyrical person. And I think that the most thing I took from your review is that this is metal for people who don't like metal, which is like, <laughs> I'm hit, I'm hit, man down. You know, um, you know what's <laughs> funny about that statement, though, and what I kind of just mentioned is that Randy Blythe had had roots in the hardcore scene before all of before the yeah, God. Yeah. So he, he's a punk guy. So I, I get that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, man. Um, I didn't really to the grave wasn't a standout for me at all. I thought the vocals on most of this album were good. I didn't think any song was particularly bad. I thought that the best songs were vanishing and denial mechanism ditch and three designs were pretty good. I didn't really hate September song as an album closer either. I guess the pacing and switch are a little jarring. I didn't like give a raving review to this album. I give it a seven out of 10, but I didn't think it was nearly as bad as you thought. But I, that's why I always go to you first on these things, because you pointed out a lot of things that I didn't pick up. And even though I agree with a lot of what you said, I still walk away thinking this album is pretty good. Absolutely, man. And this is kind of why we do this, right? Uh, Lamb of God is a massive band. Uh, I just went recently. They just played Aftershock this weekend after dropping an album. That must have been a fucking party. Um, I I mean, if you look up Lamb of God on YouTube, they have massive crowds at every single one of their performances. Just they're a massive band. And I think I hold them to a higher standard because I mean, fuck dude, we got sacrament. We got, I mean, even, even their self-titled. And I I think that self-titled is actually one of the, one of the, uh, is not a very favored, uh, album in their, uh, in their discography, but fuck man, we got sacrament in 06. We got ashes of the wake in 2004, Philadelphia Mm -hmm. as the palaces burn. I mean, there, there, there's, there, there's these, massive albums that in my opinion this album doesn't hold a candle to and maybe that's why i I, i'm a little bit too critical of it because i I think i think they can do better and they did just um in fact right before right after they recorded their self-titled in 2020 we lost i think his name is adler chris adler i could be wrong Mm -hmm. with the name uh and i think he was the drummer um who wrote a lot of the instrumentals so we lost, we, yeah, we, 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 we lost him and, uh, from, from the band. So oh, I, I, I think, I think they might be cr- like, I, I, I don't know. They might be compensating for that. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean that that's horrible. Very, very sad. And definitely would be a reason that some of their sound would change. I, like I said, I personally walked away enjoying it more than I didn't, but I have not revisited their old discography in so long. It might be time. Go go listen to As the Palaces Burn and then listen to this one again. And, and I think you'll realize why I, I held this one to on such a pedestal because, I mean, dude, it's like, come on. For sure, man. I, I trust you a thousand percent. I will add that to my listen to next. You should because it's a very good record. <laughs> You want to know what else a very good record is, my friend? I sure do. (laughs) Easy Life's new record, Maybe in Another Life. 
this is by far my most played album of the week. I think I averaged two listens a day on this one. I I love pretty much everything about it, man. It's a fun blend of pop and rap with the indie sensibility to it. The songs are catchy and fun to listen to. The production matches the energy of the songwriting. It's a, it's a great effort all around and maybe their best work to date. The singles we reviewed are all fantastic and among the best songs on the album, but the album cuts are excellent as well. Growing Pains is my standout, yes. spoiler alert. I love how it becomes a Brockhampton-ish R&B song by The Bridge. <laughs> Just fantastic. I really love the propulsive bass line and smooth keys of Basement. I guess you could say propulsive bass line and smooth keys on 90% of the fucking songs on right, this album. Yeah. Uh, I I love how they approach some of the slightly or heavier themes on this uh, album on songs like Memory Loss without weighing the album down with it. The instrumental for Silver Linings might be my favorite with that little sample and the horns at the end. I like the weird pitch shifted vocals on Crocodile Tears. This whole album is just a ton of fun to listen to. Looking back, the rollout was pretty great, too. For as many singles as they released, most of this album still felt really new to me when I was listening to it, which is really rare nowadays by the time we get to an album. Uh, I, I could go on all day about things I liked about this album, but I think you and everyone listening gets the point, man. I, I really love this one. I give it a 9 out of 10. Growing Pains, Dear Miss Holloway, and OTT are my standouts. What did you think of this? Did you enjoy it more than their last album? Right. So um, I remember the last Easy Life album we listened and reviewed, and I was underimpressed, to say the least. Uh, this is not the case with this one. At 45 minutes, like we've talked about a bunch of times, it seems to be the perfect length for this type of record. Um, yeah. Speaking of type of album, it seems like Easy Life doesn't really fit into any genre definitions is this a band a singer with a production team i don't know and quite frankly i don't really care it's really They're good under music pop for me but God, yes could be under anything sure. uh there's some really good flows on this album uh that line that you texted me from growing pains is great but like who the fuck just cooks bacon and lettuce other than that this whole record is beaming with fun meaningful lyrics that are mostly wholesome um and while having a variety of sonic styles that just kind of and kind of just messing with genres in a really great way uh moral support even has this kind of like elvis blue hawaii feel to it yeah even. yeah um i really like how his voice can kind of be a chameleon almost on most of his music too uh the horns on both crocodile tears and calling in sick are really great there's some real musicality here and uh, fuck where like where do we put this right hip-hop pop indie whatever i enjoyed it thoroughly i gave it an eight i stand out as ott because that benny feature just destroys it yeah that's two of the best pop artists on the same song at like their peak right now so i think that's a special one and it will that's continue to be so looking back yeah, man, I fucking love this. I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as I did. I've actually revisited that last album of theirs, and I don't think it's nearly as bad as you recall it to be. I had a, I had a but, really bad, I had a really hard time listening to it, man. I, I get it, man. I'm glad you had a much better time with this one. This yeah, album, I'm I not going to revisit. Fantastic. I'm not going to revisit that last one. I'm just going to keep listening <laughs> to this one. Okay. There you go. That fair enough. Fair enough, man. Um, I'm really glad you enjoyed this. Can we talk about the bacon and lettuce thing for a second? Absolutely. So one, I don't think, okay. He wasn't cooking lettuce, right? 
I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he said cooking up some bacon with some lettuce. He definitely said that. But like, is he making like a protein style bacon sandwich to go? Or is he making a BLT and just like you can't say tomato because of the rhyme scheme? Is he making a spinach omelet? Does he consider spinach lettuce? Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think of that shit. It, it oh, just came God. in. So I, I don't know. I, you know what? Easy Life, I know you're listening. Come on the show. We'll talk to you about some cooking. Yeah. And then he says how to get around for breakfast. So they're drinking with this bacon and lettuce. Maybe it's like a, a Bloody Mary situation. All right, yeah, we're going to have to have him on the show to explain maybe, this fucking Maybe it's a UK thing, man. I'm not, I'm not, I don't live there. I've never, I've heard their breakfasts are insane. So I, I don't really know, you know? I think it's like beans and blood sausage and toast. I don't think it's bacon and lettuce. <laughs> Cooked lettuce. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to have to have him on the show sometime. That's going to, that needs to be answered. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, going from one ridiculous topic to another, let's talk about this new King Gizzard album. <laughs> no, ice, death, planets, lungs, mushrooms, and lava. <laughs> Dear God, man. This is... This is the most King Gizzard thing that they've ever done, I think. I don't know, man. Monotonal flying banana might be might be up there too. So. Oh my god. Uh they I just feel like they've always approached making rock music like jazz musicians. So it kind of <laughs> makes sense that we get a mostly jazz rock album like right. this eventually. And I don't even know if what they're doing on this album is technically called jazz rock, but I like that name, so I'm going with it. <laughs> Uh, like all King Gizzard albums, I can't do a traditional breakdown on this. There's way too much to analyze to even try that. As always, their instrumentation is among the best in the world today. But this album is anchored by the guitars, which do some truly mind-blowing things on a few of these songs. But there's incredible contributions on here from some brass instruments, from some wind instruments. I don't think... I don't think I was expecting this to be as great as it was in terms of like just a full commitment to this weird jazz rock bit, but I love it. Have you ever seen the show? I think you should leave on Netflix. Oh, I want to say yes. Is that there's some there's with some Tim comedy. Robinson. It's Tim like a Robinson. sketch. Yeah, comedy. I definitely think I've in, definitely in season that, two, there is a absurd like action movie Santa Claus trailer that they do like a press junket for. And the actor that plays the Santa Claus action guy describes the movie as a cosmic gumbo. And I feel like <laughs> that's the only way to fucking describe this album. It's a cosmic gumbo, man. I gave it an eight out of ten. My standout is either gonna be mycelium or iron lung. I can't pick though. Oh man. All right. This band is so hard to pin down. <laughs> uh this is the first of three releases we're getting this fucking month. And they uh I think they just released another one today, but the one that they released today was actually the one that they released in March, but it came out on streaming today um so oh that's right that's and it's right. also not really an album it's two 15 minute tracks but we can call it a record um we're gonna have the twee discussion again well we're definitely gonna talk about you it you put an um, intro <laughs> interlude and an outro on that that's an album <laughs> <laughs> oh man so you know that i love this band and the music that they make this record is fun it's jazzy it's funky it's a little psychedelic it's a little weird it's a little fucking awesome and there really isn't much else to say right other than every track on this album is highly enjoyable and you can tell they just have so much fun jamming out man i don't know how they have such a high output of good music like y y you hear of 
I remember back in the mix, in the mixtape days, we were getting Dat Piff mixtapes from Gucci Mane every fucking week, but none of them were good, right? You had a couple of tracks that were good, but like a high output, right? The, how do they make such good music so often? Like they must live in the studio. That or they go into the studio and they just bang this shit out in a couple hours and they're like, all right, cool, I'm done. You guys want to go have drinks? You know, like... I think it's somewhere in between those. Uh, it's got to be something like that, right? Obviously, this is a little less dynamic than Omnium Gatherum, although Omnium Gatherum is the most dynamic record they've put out to date. And while that's probably by design, that does make for, uh, I, I think, a less engaging record overall. So I'm not going to give this one uh, 10, but I, mean, I am going to give it an 8. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, I, think stand, I think my standout is Ice, is Ice 5, man. It's just 10 minutes of... It's just 10 minutes of just absolute joy. It's just yeah. elatement for 10 whole fucking minutes. So it's fantastic. Great album cover too. love the font that they used everything. Great. Oh yeah. No, definitely good, man. I rocked, I rocked my King Gizzard shirt on, on Friday to, to uh, recognize yes. that, we, that we got a, uh, that we got a new King Gizzard album and I'm going to have to watch oh, that yeah, shirt yeah. a number of times this month. So. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, one of my coworkers is going to see them pretty soon, so that oh, should be man. cool. I'd love to see them live. I heard they just fucking do it, man. I, I heard that they just get up and just do it, and they'll do like fifteen minutes tracks from like five minute tracks that they like they like they'll record five minute tracks and then live it'll be fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Man. It sounds fucking awesome. I'm waiting to hear about it. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> uh that's how legendary they are i'm excited to hear about one of their shows right um, exactly all right <laughs> let's talk about this new Daf daphne album i think i've been calling him daphne it's daphne i think i, I think should... it's daphne too um it is daphne there's no i in between the h and n. i, I honestly daphne. thought there was an i also it's i think it's the I, h right there yeah it's been confusing the shit out of me so i'm sorry caribou uh whatever your real name is daphne dan, dan swaith Yes, Dan Swaith. This is the new Daphne album called Cherry. I'm a little torn on this one. I'm interested in your thoughts on it, though. <laughs> All right, so I love Dan Swaith and his Caribou Project. Big, big fan of Caribou's project. I think he put out Suddenly in 2019, and that was just on fucking repeat forever. Um, so this, th this album starts out on Arrow, and I think this is a little different than I was expecting, uh, even with the context of the singles. Um, Always There is just atrocious, and it's a skip on so many levels. It's just a bad song. Um, there is a lot of this album that I like, and there is also a lot that I don't like. The tempo of the whole thing is really weird for this style. There's a ton of artistic decisions that I wouldn't have made, and I, I feel like all of this music is a little inorganic, is I think the word that kept coming to my mind. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm going to be coming back to this one that much, man. I, I think that this was a little bit too experimental than I'm used to and something that I didn't quite enjoy as much as I wanted to. I think it took me aback a little bit. Uh, the standouts for me are both car plus or mania only because they're the most organic sounding of the tracks. I gave this one a five, man. I didn't like, like hate it except for, 
except for Always There. I did hate that song. Um, but, uh, Man, what did Always There do to you? Jesus. Go listen to it. It'll do it to you, too. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I give this one a five. Uh, that, that's, those were my feelings. I'm not really hey, man, torn fair. on it. It's just, it's just, it wasn't what I was expecting. So, yeah, I, I agree. This is, this was a struggle for me. It, I enjoyed listening to it front to back much more than I enjoyed listening to any one song individually or trying to revisit anything from it. This album is impressive from like a musicality standpoint. But this is the specific style of experimental prog house that I just can't get into, man. There's there's some good songs on here like Fly Away. There's some decent album cuts like Cloudy and Amber. But there are some songs I just didn't enjoy on this album very much like Arp Blocks. I actually did not like Car Plus. I know that was one of your standouts, but like you're picking standouts and a not very good field of songs. So it is what it is. Uh <laughs> Overall, man, I'm dead in the middle on this one, too. I think I gave it a five. It's I didn't love the song structure. I didn't love the tonality of this album. I thought it was very inconsistent. And yeah, I don't think it's going to be one I'll be coming back to either, honestly. Well, here's to the next Caribou album. You want to know what Spotify gave it? What did Spotify give it? 8.2 Best New Music Award. What? Yeah, they gave it their best new music label and gave it an 8.2. Their their one-line review at the top. Dan Snaith's joyous new album as Daphne lets lets it first thought, best thought, spirit shine. Bar for bar, this might be the most fun there is to be had on the dance record this year. All right. Well, Spotify is crazy. I don't I know that. <laughs> no, I know that's that pitchfork. That, oh, that's pitchfork. pitchfork. Okay. <laughs> well, that's pitchfork. Well, did I'm I not, say Spotify? Yeah, I think you said Spotify. I, oh, my I, bad. I, I that's definitely, the pitchfork review. Yeah, pitchfork is. It's it's like it's like Pitchfork is trying so hard to be cool while they're all just like old dudes <laughs> rocking Balenciagas. It's funny because <laughs> I saw. No, I completely agree. Uh, I, I saw that, like, I didn't click their review before writing mine, but I saw the, like, best new music thing. So I was like, oh, it's going to be a really positive one. And, like, I was like, I hadn't listened to the album yet. I was like, let me listen to the album before I read the review so that I can check it out. And so I hit play on the album and, like, three songs in, I was like, this is fucking not good. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, I did not enjoy it. Um I, I don't know what their grading scale is. And if everyone on the office unanimously voted that as the best new music, then I know that I do not align with their taste very much, I guess. Oh, Pitchfork, what are we going to do with you? All right, man. You ready to talk about this Palps album? I think so, bro. Okay. So they released their debut album, Black Heart. You threw this on here. You introduced me to them recently. And I think we reviewed a few songs of theirs. Uh, this this album is a really fun debut album, man. I thought the songs were well-written and performed. The vocals sound good and are easy to sing along with. The music is creative and deceptively heavy. And the mix on these tracks is a lot, a lot better than a lot of their peers, honestly. Right. Um, all of these tracks are good, but the ones that really stood out to me were the two with uh, Kirstie McEwen and mm -hmm. Messages. Messages is probably my standout. They're definitely a band to keep an eye on from here, man. I gave this one a seven. What did you think of it? All right. So my standout is also messages. I just think that that is just a banger. 
Um, I fucking loved this album, man. It's really good. I, I also gave it a seven. We're kind of right on the money there, I think. Um, there is just so much fun to be had when you're listening to this record. It is both nostalgic and modern. It is just, it, it's, it's post-hardcore and emo. And it, and it just reminds me of, it just reminds me of my pure volume days trying to find the band that nobody knew about that was going to blow up, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it just, I, I, I mean, for a debut album, this is fucking great. Guys, if you're listening, guys and gals, if you're listening, please make more music. Please keep going. This is fucking great. And it deserves a little bit more, a uh, little bit more press than it's getting. Um, as of the writing, I think they're still under 300 monthly listeners on Spotify, but they're a small band. So let's boost them up a little bit. Um, I think they deserve more. This album should help, help with that quite a bit. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I think didn't you put one of their didn't you put one of those tracks uh, one of their one of their re- uh, songs on the scene didn't die playlist? No, but I will be throwing messages on there. Do that. It's a great track. Yeah, um, sure. This actually had me very curious for a second. So this band is from the United Kingdom, sir. Um, I'm very curious. I know of one other band that is in this relative scene of music, which is the 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 cores if you will and that's bring me the horizon what other bands came out of the uk mm, um in this scene obviously the ton of music has come out of the uk but i can't think of one you notable you me at six was seen adjacent for a while okay. i don't consider them seen anymore but i guess i don't really consider bring me the horizon scene anymore uh give me a second give me a second uh i feel like there's like a really obvious one that i'm not thinking of but it's just not hitting me but yeah you at six is one example i know hands like houses i think were australia which is kind of the same thing because of you know colonialism but not really (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) let's not get into that Uh, (laughs) yeah no you're right you're right it's kind of just a an under an under like represented yeah genre, represented right? that's the word i'm looking for I, I underrepresented know. country in terms of the genre yeah you're totally right I, I i just i just thought it was interesting and uh i really like this album cover of this dude in a witch doctor mask in a basement somewhere like that that's that's such a good album cover uh i i just really i really like this record gave it a seven messages is in my opinion the best song on the record and my standout and i am very excited to continue to follow this band i hope we get new music soon from them um and i'm gonna be bumping this for the rest of the year at least for sure same man same uh, this was a fun combo. You want to know what we're going to be talking about next week? Let's talk about it. So we have, as you mentioned, this new two-song album from King Gizzard called Laminated Dream. We'll be throwing that on right after this episode finishes. We have Blink-182's new single, Edging. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. Uh, yes, they are coming. Um, we got Boston Manor's new album, Detura, New Sleeping with Sirens album, Complete Collapse. I have this Tove Low Dirt Femme album on our release radar. I don't plan on breaking all of that one down, but SG Lewis has a few productions on there. So Ooh. I want to break those down for sure. Sure, let's do that. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. So tune in next week. Thank you all for joining us. Peace. Peace.